You're listening to Evolution Digital, where we talk about how various industries have adopted technology to stay relevant and competitive in today's digital market. I'm Tracy Sheckel. Welcome back to Evolution Digital. I'm Tracy Sheckel, and today my guest is Barbara Anderson, who is the Executive Director of the Blunt Oneonta Chamber of Commerce in Alabama. Barb, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be here. Is it a little warmer in Alabama than it is in Maine? Because it's about seven degrees here right now. Yeah, I think we've got a few degrees on you down here. Uh, it's probably in the upper 30s right now, but we've got some drizzle outside. But I think we're a little better off than you are this morning. That is springtime by my standards, my friend. <laughs> so let's start here. You've been the executive director of the chamber since about 2018, but you've had a really long relationship prior to that. Do you want to give us your history with the chamber and a little bit of background about the chamber in general? Well, sure. My first involvement with the chamber dates back to about 17 years ago when I moved to this area. I signed up for the leadership class that the chamber offers. They do that annually. And its purpose is to take potential leaders from the community and give them the tools that they need to really make a difference. You go over topics such as education, public safety, industry, quality of life, government, nonprofits, and so on, and learn about all these topics in a local context. And they give you a framework of who to call, who to partner with, how to get things done when you need to get them done. And it was it was truly a life-changing class. It lasts for six months and we met one day a month. And at the end, what they asked you to do is to now pay it forward, go out and get involved. And so I started volunteering with several organizations. And also at the same time, I started volunteering with the chamber and started helping them with some of their big events that needed extra hands. And that evolved into becoming a board member. And I moved up through the officer positions. And about two years ago, two and a half years ago, the executive director, who was a good friend of mine and had a background in journalism, she bought the local newspaper. And that was a a dream move for her. And when she called to tell me that at the end, I was congratulating her and when we were about to hang up, I said, wait, 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 I, I think I might want your old job. <laughs> and uh, so I, I applied for it and, and got it, it was about two and a half years ago. So that's how I came to be the executive director. So that's Amy? Amy Wilson. Yes, she was the prior director. And she's now about a block from my office at the newspaper. And she's the owner and editor of the local newspaper. Okay, I think I did not catch that Amy used to have her position. Of course, I deal with her because we advertise with the paper, but I did not get the lineage. That's so interesting. Yes, and that makes for a great partnership between the chamber and and the local newspaper now. Awesome. So apparently you have been recognized for all of this volunteer work through the Alabama Business Alabama magazine as one of Blount County's movers and shapers. Well, first of all, where did you move from and why Block County and what about it makes you want it to be your home? Okay, that's a great question. And I love answering this question. My husband and I were living up in the Chicago area. We'd lived there 
for a number of years. And, and we had moved quite a few times for work purposes, but we both came to the point where we could retire from our jobs at those times. We were both working as engineers and I had an engineering company that I had started up and I, I sold that. And we decided that for the first time, we were going to make a quality of life move. And we could have moved anywhere in the country, but uh, we did have some relatives down in Alabama and we, we knew that we always enjoyed it when we came down here. And so what we did is we decided we were going to move somewhere in the north half of Alabama. We came down for about a week and a half and traveled all around. And Blount County was the friendliest place we found. So that's where we moved. And that's what first brought us here. But once I settled in, I really came to value the sense of community that there is here, the willingness of everybody to help their neighbors. It's just a wonderful place to live. And uh, the fact that it's absolutely gorgeous here is just an added bonus, but it's really the people that drew us here and have just cemented that uh, feeling that uh, every day that we're so glad that we moved here. And I can see that that retirement is really working out for you, seeing as you actually have a paying gig right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my husband and I, were kind of serial retirers here. It just doesn't ever take. We just uh, keep moving on to something new. So I don't think I'll ever be able to retire. I think I would be bored playing all the time. I think I could retire for a week or two and then I'd be looking around for something new. So Exactly. Some kind of trouble to get in, right? <laughs> I would like to go back to the leadership program that you took when you first came to the area, because I know that we've taken advantage of it. It's part of our sponsorship. I think I think Jason Fuller participated. How are you handling that in COVID world? Well, we are not. Last January, we always start the class in January and it runs through June. We started last January and we had a few months worth of classes and then we were forced to cancel the rest of them. So. This year, we were forced to cancel the remainder of them and we evaluated it and we decided that the value in that class was a lot of the face-to-face discussion and we do a lot of field trips and talking with people from all these different organizations and we just didn't see how we could maintain the same level of quality not doing it in person. So we canceled the rest of that year and then we have not started it up this year. Uh, We are very excited about doing it, uh, getting back to it next year. And hopefully the people that just had a few classes last year, we've got their names on a list and we'll call them back and get them to sign up and do the full class this coming year. And they were so disappointed because after the first few classes, they were absolutely loving it. And when I I said that it's a life-changing class, that's not an exaggeration. It, It really is. It opens your eyes to how all the components of the community work together. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't give a lot of thought to. But anyway, so that was one thing that we just could not adapt to COVID and uh, maintain the quality. So, and we didn't want to do it halfway. Well, that's too bad, but it's actually good that you recognize that you couldn't duplicate it virtually because like you said, the networking is so important. Before we get on to what you were able to adapt, tell me a little more about this. Is this program something that is a chamber developed program or is it something that you guys came up with just in because I've never heard of this before. Leadership classes are quite common. They can be sponsored by a town or municipality or by a county. 
here it's the Blunt Aniana Chamber of Commerce and our class covers the entire county, but they are fairly common and becoming more so. It's even a requirement in some cases. City of Aniana uh, went through what's called the ACE program, Alabama Communities of Excellence, and it kind of puts you through your paces and checks off all the boxes that you're doing this or that, or we'll start doing this or that. And one of the requirements for being in that program was that there be a leadership class in place. And where is the um, curriculum developed? Well, because it's so specific to your own community, the curriculum is typically developed by each entity that's offering it. So it was developed in-house at the chamber when it was first started. I think I was in the very first leadership class when I came here. I think I was in the class that met 16 years ago. And yes, that was developed in-house. So it's very tailored to each community. It's just the, the spirit of the class is what is shared by all the different classes. Okay, so now let's talk about the programs that you were able to maintain through moving to virtual technology. Well, first I'd like to explain that the Chamber of Commerce has three different missions. The first one is uh, tourism to encourage people to come to Blount County. And the second is to support our local businesses. And the third is to do anything that we can to enhance the quality of life of all of our residents. So as far as tourism goes, now there's not a lot of people traveling around these days, but there's two things that have been good about the COVID shutdown. First of all, when we are working on a lot of different events and the chamber does do a lot of events, oftentimes uh, there's some projects that are not time sensitive that just get put on the back burner. And developing tourism materials was something that always just took second fiddle. And so we have been able to spend a lot of time this past year developing our tourism materials. And tourism was something that was really not considered in Blount County until just a few years ago. And now there's a lot of emphasis on ecotourism. And like I said, Blount County is just absolutely beautiful. And so it's become Actually, one of our strengths here, Blount County, because of um, our topography, we are not going to have large industrial parks filled with large buildings. It's just too hilly here. We don't have really great access to interstates and railroads here. So industry, although we do have small industry here, that's not going to be our main strength. It's the tourism that's going to do it. And so, first of all, we did really work very hard on our tourism materials. And the other thing is that people have had a serious case of cabin fever this past year. (laughs) To put it mildly, a lot of museums and venues such as that have been closed. But here in Blount County, there's so many things that you can enjoy being outdoors. And we've had a lot of people doing day trips from the Birmingham area, from the Huntsville area, or just passing through where they could go down to the Locust Fork River and put their kayak in and spend a beautiful day on the river. They could go fishing. They could do a tour of our three covered bridges. We provide maps for that. You can go up to Palisades Park and go hiking. You can climb the restored fire tower. There's just so many things you can do in Blount County that you can do on your own outdoors and just enjoy the beautiful surroundings. And so there has been a lot of that going on when people can't 
take the vacations long distance or go to some of the venues that are indoors. So, so that has kept people coming to Blount County. Well, that's awesome. We attempted to do that one day, I want to say in the late spring. Cabin fever was setting in and here in Maine, we're not far from the Green Mountains and the White Mountains in Vermont and New Hampshire. And so we thought, well, we'll take a drive to our favorite pass and just maybe get out and hike around just a little bit, just to have some outside air. I'm thinking everybody in New England had the same idea. I never saw the place so crowded. My husband and I looked around, we're like, yeah, I don't think we're getting out of the car here. So I'm hoping that in, in Blount County, it's crowded, but not that crowded because that kind of defeats the purpose. It's not crowded here in Blunt County. We're a very rural area and there's plenty of space for everybody to, to be out enjoying the great outdoors. We do also have a couple of great golf courses and that's been another place that people have been able to get out and get a little recreation. So, And being down there, you get 10 months out of the year to do all that fun stuff when it's not snowy or cold or something. Absolutely. Well, actually, outdoor fun is, is 12 months a year here. It's just that in the winter, there's a few days out of the week that you might not want to go out there, but it's really something you can get out and enjoy 12 months of the year. So tourism, that's something that we could really advance this past year. And I'm really looking forward to using all those new materials that uh, we've done. And then another one of our emphasis is supporting quality of life for our residents. And during the past year, we've taken to social media to try to be a source for reliable information. There's in the past year been a lot of confusion, especially early on with COVID a year ago. And we have just tried to seek out reliable information, pass that along on our social media and try to give a little bit of entertainment. We've done some online contests, some social media contests to try to get people interacting and involved but we've just tried to communicate things that involve health, education, the community, just be a source of information. We are always, I say the chamber is Blunt County's information desk because if somebody has a question, they don't know who to call, they call the chamber. So we get quite a variety of questions, but I just tried to reinforce that this past year because so many people had questions about so many things. And we just tried to be a conduit for reliable information. Well, that's fabulous because you're right. This is, uh, people are scared and confused and the more information you can give them, the better. And so now your board has been meeting virtually as well? It has. Our board meets once a month and we have gone on to Zoom for that. And the first time or two, we were all adjusting and, and learning new things, but it's gone very smoothly. And I, I think that there are some people that have made more board meetings this way than if we were just doing in-person meetings. And so I've been very pleased with that. I think eventually when we're able to go back to in-person meetings, we'll do a blend. We'll have people that want it to come in person can be there, but we'll also have that Zoom capability for those that just can't get there that morning. I think that that will be the way to go in the future. Honestly, what you just said is such a resounding theme. Everybody is seeing better attendance. And everybody that I've talked to from the Maine Municipal Association to the Eastern Area Agency on Aging, everybody is looking to go to a hybrid model when things get quote unquote back to normal because 
this is an avenue that people weren't forced to explore, but now that they have, it's made a huge difference. Absolutely. And I would say the biggest positive thing that's come out of the past year is permission to rethink every aspect of what the chamber does. There's so many things that the chamber does. It's been in existence for nearly 40 years. And there's so many things that have just always been done a certain way. Uh, When I came in two and a half years ago, and I'm always one to ask a lot of questions, and I'd say, well, why are we doing it like this? And it's like, well, that's how we've always done it. And people expect things to always be done the same they same way each year. They expect festivals and parades and whatnot to look exactly the same way each year, which I guess is a comforting thing. And and I absolutely understand that. But this has given us permission to just step back, reboot everything. We've been able to go through and look at all of our events. And you know, life is different than it was 40 years ago. What is most relevant to today? How do we get the biggest bang for our buck? Do we need to keep a certain event, but maybe change its date? You know, that type of thing. One of our biggest events, the Covered Bridge Festival in the fall, we've always had that at the end of October. And we're going to move it up a few weeks earlier because it seems like lately, I don't know if this is climate change, but the weather is just getting worse and worse at the end of October. But Before COVID, the idea of changing the date of the Covered Bridge Festival, no matter how silly that might sound, would have been a really big thing. Now it's like, fine, who cares? You know, we've just been given permission to do this, to to just reevaluate everything. That is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I love that we've been able to do that. And the mix of things that we do, I keep mentioning events because that is a a large part of what we do. And it's the thing that's been impacted the most this past year. But we do a lot of behind the scenes work and it's given us a chance to just evaluate, do we need to rebalance the types of things that we do? So that is a real positive. Another thing that was a benefit this year is it stress tested our financial structure. Now that might not sound like a great thing, but and I, I think it stress tested everybody's financial structure. But every chamber is set up differently as far as funding. There's many chambers that are depend on event income to fund their operating expenses. And those chambers are in dire straits these days because the events have had to be canceled or else they've had to try to do some things that are a little bit risky and uh, try to go forward with some events. but. We do not depend upon our events for income. So our finances are absolutely rock solid and we have a good nest egg put away for rainy days and we have not had to touch it this past year. And I'll tell you, if this year didn't qualify as a rainy day, then I don't know what will. Uh, so we found out that our financial structure is is very sound and I am confident going forward that it can take just a bit about anything that's thrown at it. Well, that's... That's a really nice thing to find out in the throes of this kind of a place, world that we're in. It is. It is. And as I said, those people dependent upon their event income, I am definitely feel sorry for the situation they're in right now. Empathetic. Yeah. Okay. So let's, you know, you just shared the things that, you know, the fact that change is not so terrible and we're embracing changing things that we might have never thought to change in the past. If you had a crystal ball, what do you think 
things would look like five years from now where technology is concerned? How do you see the chamber going forward? Partially because technology is always advancing and partially from what you learned from dealing with the pandemic. Well, this is a great question. A year ago, I might have answered this question with a little bit more certainty. But (laughs) right now, I guess what we've all learned is that who knows what will happen tomorrow. But I'll take a stab at it here. And first of all, I do want to say that when it comes to a Chamber of Commerce, every chamber has a different mission, different staffing setup, different funding structure, as I'd already mentioned, and different partners that they work with. So every chamber is very different. So to make blanket statements for all chambers is a little bit risky, but I'm going to say for our chamber, and I'm sure these things apply to many others. I'm convinced that our missions, first of all, I'm convinced that our missions are correct to encourage tourism, to support local business, and to promote quality of life. That I'm convinced is is correct. In the 40 years that, or close to 40 years, the chamber's been around, there has been this constant, steady movement to have to do more with less money. And I'm sure that's true for all nonprofits and and many organizations. The pressure to do that was becoming very almost unworkable until the internet came on the scene. Because the only way to do more before, once you were operating fairly efficiently, the only way to do more with less was to add more staff, which you couldn't do that with reduced budgets. But when the internet came on the scene, that was finally the breakthrough that took the pressure off and allows us to continue to do more with less. Just a couple of examples. The tourism. Before, we would have to, you know, if you wanted to advertise, come to Blount County, it's a great place. You'd have to take ads out into radio, newspapers, TV, and those would cost you a fortune. You know, you would target what parts of the country you want to advertise in and you would spend a lot of money to do that. And it was totally beyond the reach of small rural Blount County to do that. With the rise of the internet, social media, websites, at basically no cost, we can reach everybody in the world and tell them what a great place Blount County is. Now, granted, we're also competing with everybody else trying to say how great their community is, but we organized some tours of our three covered bridges. We were going to rent a little 15-passenger van and do tours of the covered bridges. And we thought, gee, this might be popular. By definition, we could only have a certain number of people. And we thought, well, we can do three tours in a day and we'll get somebody from the Blount County Museum and they can go along and they'll narrate. And we think this will be popular. Oh my goodness, I couldn't believe the response that we got from that. We had people coming from out of state to attend that. So, you know, and that was just from posting it on social media. So that is something that's really changed. Going into the future, social media I see is just going to be more and more and more important. I think I'm seeing already the decline of the website because the websites are just, and small businesses are already in doing this. The website is such a static thing and social media is real-time, very flexible. So I really, truly see the decline of the website. And I think that's something we're already 
getting into, particularly for small businesses and the chamber where we don't have a full-time staff to keep our website real-time. So I think that it'll be more and more and more dependent upon social media. I think that chambers, as are many companies, are going to be going to more and more contract employees in an effort to save money uh, as opposed to hiring regular employees. So I think it's going to be more and more of a contract position without benefits. And I would very much like to see, and I hope this comes to pass because of all the technology that we're getting into, is that younger people start working at chambers. I don't know what the average age is for chamber directors in Alabama. That's a great question. I should try to find that out. But it's not real young. And our generation has tried very hard to keep up with technology. But the younger generation that lives and breathes it, uh, I think there's a real place for them in the Chamber of Commerce. And um, I'm very excited because we've got a college intern coming to work with us this summer. And so I'm looking forward to her excitement and enthusiasm and get a younger spin on on some of our projects. And um, her knowledge of technology will be a great advantage. Oh, you're absolutely right. It almost sounds like you're thinking of retiring again someday. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the near future. Uh But, you know, in spite of all that everybody has endured this past year, you know, everybody says, oh, I can't wait till everything gets back to normal. Well, my take on that is forget about normal. I can't wait till everything gets back to better than normal. Because I think we have really learned so many lessons and we've been forced into making changes in our, the way we operate and the use of technology. We have learned so many lessons that I think what we'll do when things are settled down here with regard to COVID is we're going to be keeping the best of what we've learned over the past year, year and a half, and incorporating that into the things we love most from the pre-COVID era. And I think we will be much better than quote normal. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That is the best cup half full I've heard in a really long time. I think that it's awesome that you bring that to light. And I think it's a perfect note to end today's chat on. So I want to thank you so much for being with us. And even more so for your positive take on everything, because sometimes we forget to look at the positive and take the good out of a situation. So thank you. Well, thank you, Tracy. It's been a real pleasure. Until next time, I'm Tracy Sheckle, and this is Evolution Digital. Thanks for listening to Evolution Digital. I'm Tracy Sheckle, and I hope you'll join us again next time. If there's a conversation that you'd like to have here on the podcast, or you know of someone who would make an interesting guest, please visit otelco.com forward slash evolution dash digital and complete the submission form with your idea. Until next time, stay well.